SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet. Welcome to this edition of the SA Crypto Podcast. And with me on the line from Cape Town is Sean Sanders. He's the founder and CEO of Revix. Revix have made a lot of waves in the market in the last year or so with their uh, weighted crypto investment portfolio. Um, and they have some big news as well. So welcome to the SA Crypto Podcast, Sean. Hi, James. Thanks very much for having me. I'm excited to chat to you. So these are just remarkable times. Uh, obviously, COVID-19 has wrought havoc on the world economy. Um, and at the same time, Revix has just come out with a new offering, uh, which is the Paxos uh, Gold backed token, which is one of the world's leading gold gold backed uh, cryptocurrencies. Uh, was this strategically timed or did COVID-19 just provide um, a lucky scenario for you to really promote this offering? It was a bit of both. I mean, it was in the pipeline. It just wasn't something that was meant to be launched uh, in Q1 this year. So we kind of just brought it to the front of the queue. Uh, we managed to get it up and running quite quickly and yeah we managed to launch it last week uh, it's quite incredible just when you've got uh, a product that has market fit quite like what paxos gold's product does especially in these times uh, i mean we've seen record inflows over the last few weeks a few million rand flying into paxos gold uh, i mean we spoke about this just before the podcast but you know wealth advisors uh, financial managers portfolio managers etc they're all rushing to get into gold and you know we've been quite fortunate as with, with releasing this just in a time when gold is kind of, you know, the hit thing to have. It would be kind of like launching uh, a Bitcoin exchange in the run-up in 2017. So, yeah, it's been a very good start for us. Um, and what's really neat about Paxos Gold as well, and if you, sorry, before I even get into that, uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can head over to our website, which is www.revix.com. Uh, you'll see a whole bunch of information about Pax Gold and uh, the promotion there. Obviously, make sure that you read the terms and conditions. Um, and yeah, what's really interesting about Paxos Gold is that it is a fully backed gold token. So it's not like, I'm even scared to say this, it's not like carrot bars. No, please don't be scared. Do not be scared to mention that it is not like carrot bars, please. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm even hesitant to include carrot bars and gold in the same sentence. Uh, I haven't really ever looked into carrot bars. Uh, as far as I understand, it's quite a big scam, but... Paxos Gold is a fully backed gold crypto asset. So this means that one token equates to one troy ounce of gold held in London vaults. Uh, it is administered by the Paxos Trust Company, which is a New York-based trust company. Uh, the gold deposits are insured, and it's a completely different setup. It's just so exciting that we're actually entering this time of where you can actually token in this case, it's a commodity, but we're soon going to be entering this time when you can tokenize a whole bunch of really interesting assets, whether it be your property, whether it be footballers in the future, who knows, maybe we're tokenizing Table Mountain um, and you're actually able to own a stake in Table Mountain and get some sort of future income from all these weird and wonderful assets and you can really just let your imagination go. Um, so I think tokenized gold is really just the first step at a rather opportune time to kind of get into the space. And how did uh, Revix come into uh, such a partnership? Um, it's, you know, Revix has always focused on crypto assets that were in the top 10 
of the um, the market cap rankings in terms of uh, the highest market cap is the offering that you were giving your clients and your users the opportunity to invest in. Paxos uh, isn't in the top 10 yet. I mean, if things carry on, it's very possible that they will. But uh, what what attracted Revix to offering this token on your platform? So Paxos is very well known in the crypto space. Uh, they have launched a stablecoin as well. Uh, they've got plans to launch uh, tokenized silver and a few other tokenized commodities. I'm sure that they'll be moving into, and I mean, this isn't confirmed either, but I'm sure that they're going to be moving into tokenized real estate. Um, so they've got really big plans in the tokenization world. And I think it's quite important to understand the difference between tokenization and securitization because securitizing something simply means you take, let's say, a property, you divide it up into a whole bunch of shares, and you're able to then sell those shares based on the legal framework in whatever jurisdiction you're dealing in. Uh, with a tokenized asset, you could take each one of those shares and you could put it onto a blockchain. You can essentially include all the regulatory requirements into the token, which means you, know, you can't buy this token unless you've already gone through a KYC process. There's a lot of really neat things that you can do and you can break these securities up, as I said, into a whole bunch of smaller units. Um, which is really neat. And then all of a sudden your investor base becomes global, which I think is the biggest thing because in South Africa, I mean, you've got mid cap stocks, which trade with less liquidity than uh, cryptocurrencies with $150 million market, uh, market caps, which to me is absolutely insane. And I think being able to open up the financial system is quite exciting. Um, but to answer your question, uh, we spoke to Paxos probably about 18 months ago, uh, which is before they had launched Paxos Gold. Um, and we had spoken to them about various partnership opportunities, kind of just what was in the pipeline. Uh, we, we picked up that conversation about six months ago and chatted to them. Um, and, you know, the nice thing about Paxos Gold or PaxG is that it's an ERC-20 token, which means that it runs on the Ethereum blockchain, which means that we don't need to acquire uh, Pax Gold tokens from Paxos themselves. We can go to a variety of different exchanges. And this is the big benefit of Revix. Uh, we are agile in that we don't have an exchange where there's buyers and sellers. We kind of act more as a digital broker. So we can go to several different exchanges around the world, uh, let's say Binance or Kraken, um, and we can get crypto assets at the most favorable price at that point in time. Um, so that's kind of our benefit. And that's how we, we buy Paxos Gold for our clients across a variety of exchanges and liquidity providers. Sean, let's just go back to something you mentioned there about um, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. That piqued my interest. Um, you obviously have a financial background, um, having uh, heard a little bit about your backstory. You you have uh, some experience, quite a, quite a lot of experience in, in investment banking. Um, the JSC obviously being um, one of the, the larger markets on the African continent um, and among the emerging markets, but being in an emerging market is absolutely um, bleeding to death at the moment. Uh, do you think that crypto assets and blockchain technology could offer uh, some of the companies listed on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange a lifeline? That is a tough question. <laughs> uh, I think it could, but it's not going to happen in the next two to three years. I think this is more of a five to 10 year kind of story. Uh, I think there's this big event that's going to happen and it's going to happen slowly, but it's going to happen. And that's finance is going to become automated and finance is going to become global. So currently we live in South Africa and 
Uh, South Africa has its own set of rules and regulations around financial securities and all the rest. And international investors trying to buy into South African securities have to go through 10 to 20 different middlemen, whether that be uh, brokers, prime brokers, you name it, uh, in order to acquire South African stock. Um, and if that's not them getting direct access to the, uh, to the South African stock, they'll then get some derivative of the South African stock. And then you've got uh, 10 more intermediaries that are kind of included in that whole process. So getting a system that removes a whole bunch of these financial intermediaries, I think is probably, it's going to change the entire landscape. And kind of a byproduct of that is making finance a lot more global. Because, you know, as a South African as well, if I want to invest in Amazon right now, which is doing really, really well. I mean, beyond let's not even get into the foreign exchange allowances and all the rest that you have in South Africa. But if I wanted to invest in that, I've got to go through a whole different set of brokers and prime brokers, uh, currency dealers, you name it, in order to get exposure to the stock. And you know, why is it just not a case of me being able to go to uh, some investment platform and buying Amazon stock and connecting to an exchange? So. I think it will. So to answer your question, I like to go in little circles, I think, with answering all of these. I think that blockchain technology definitely in terms of improving uh, the, the efficacy of um, reg tech or regulation technology and being able to automate a lot of the finance so that you don't need so many you know, different intermediaries along the way, that's certainly going to help. And then making finance a lot more global. Um, it is going to take time. I think that's just the one thing. It's going to take five to ten years until, until we get anywhere near having a global automated financial system. The last time we spoke, we heard a lot about your uh, your journey into how you got into starting a product uh, and a company such as Revix. Um, just take us through. Just take us through that journey. You know, how does a how does a guy involved in financial markets? I mean, you were um, almost the poster boy of uh, financial and investment banking, especially for the South African market. Uh, and then you almost discarded all that all of that in order to pursue the crypto asset industry how did you get to that point yeah so i'll take you back to i had just finished my cfa i was working at a specialty investment group in johannesburg and we invested in absolutely everything you can imagine whether it was fixed income instruments traded in vietnam whether it be uh, my gosh uh uh, derivative vehicles that allowed you to kind of hedge your exposure to the S&P 500 while benefiting from the movement of gold. We were dealing with all these interesting financial products and these financial products were exceptionally complicated and you actually just, <laughs> you get kind of blown away when you receive a, a, a physical stock certificate, which is a bearer instrument. So there's certain stocks uh, in certain jurisdictions where in order to own that stock, you actually have to have a physical certificate still today. And I remember receiving one of these certificates because we bought a whole bunch of different stocks and bonds and all these different things. And we received this box full of certificates. And these were all stamped and signed and notarized. And it was just, it was something where I almost had to put my hands to my mouth and kind of just gasp because it was ridiculous. I mean, to have this sort of a system where if I wanted to then sell that bond or if the company then wanted to sell the bond, you would actually need to send the certificate over to someone. You'd have to have somebody else that signed and said, okay, right, we received this. I mean, it's just insane. So there were small things like that. And I mean, I can go into another 10 different examples, which are very similar, um, whether it be like, you know, Berkshire Hathaway stock, Berkshire Hathaway stock, if I'm not mistaken, and I stand to be corrected, but it trades uh, well over $20,000. 
Um, but I, I can't really remember the exact amount, so I probably should look that up. But not being able to buy a fraction of a Berkshire Hathaway share is insane. It means that the share is completely inaccessible for the average investor. And there were small things like that. And like I said, there's probably 10 other examples that I can go into where I just saw that this financial system is incredibly inefficient. There's so many intermediaries that have been put in the way and they've kind of put themselves in the way uh, in order to make money. And it's just not the most efficient way to do things. And funny enough, when I was at university, I was uh, doing a bit of part-time modeling. And uh, I guess something that a very, uh, a, a very interested trader when I was in my, in my early 20s, uh, together with uh, doing a bit of modeling, I landed up meeting a whole bunch of these uh, rather successful models that were traveling around the world, uh, earning insane amounts of money, and leaving their money with a variety of different modeling agencies. And to me, it was an absolute no-brainer that they should be investing this. So I decided to set up a prop firm, a proprietary trading firm, and offer my services of where I'll invest their money um, on their behalf, obviously take a small fee for doing so. And you know, that's, that's how I essentially got started uh, with investing and proprietary trading and all the rest. And when I was doing this, I, I made an investment uh, in the UK for one of the models. And, uh, you know, as models do, they change their minds. And there was two girls that actually required me to, to sell their investments, which are in the UK, and move their money over to the US um, for them to buy apartment. I think one was buying an apartment and the other, I don't know, needed to put a down payment on something. Oh, my and word. I can only I imagine thinking, the administration required to make this all happen. Oh, yeah. And remember, you're a South African doing all of this. So... <laughs> Uh, I got a little rude awakening about what exchange control is all about. Uh, anyway, that all aside, moving the money across was near impossible. Um, and I was trying to look at all these different routes. And that's when I came about this weird thing called Bitcoin. And I looked at it. Oh, it's a virtual currency. You can move value pretty much within 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, seems fantastic. Let me go ahead and look at this. Um, but back then, I mean, you had price swings daily. And I mean, this must have been 2013, late 2013, early 2014. Um, you're seeing price swings daily of between 5 and 15%. Um, that was kind of just the norm. And naturally, when you're moving a few million rand across um, from you know, one currency into Bitcoin into another currency, you start biting your nails when you're doing that. Um, and I needed to make sure that it was going to be moved across really quickly. But that was kind of my introduction to Bitcoin. Um, and I landed up successfully moving the money across and making a small profit out of it, which is just by luck. Yeah, um, yeah. And, it, and I kind of, you know, I didn't think much more of Bitcoin after that, but it did open up this interesting you know, concept that not only can finance be a lot more efficient, but it can be you know, a lot, not, sorry, not even just a lot more efficient. It can be a lot more automated. It doesn't require all these intermediaries to be involved. And I think that's, just when I started going down this rabbit hole. Um, so fast forward a few years, I worked at a family office, which is really just where somebody has so much money that they need to hire their own uh, financial analyst, their own lawyer, their own uh, legal team, et cetera. Um, and they set up an office in the, well, wherever they set it up, but the UK happens to be one of the hotspots for that. So I worked for a family office. I also worked for a venture capital firm based in Cape Town uh, called Knife Capital, uh, where I landed up speaking with, she's probably on 200 entrepreneurs over the course of 15 odd months. Um, the entrepreneurs were absolutely just, you know, they come from all these different backgrounds and you, you want to stereotype an entrepreneur as this sort of individual. 
but that's just kind of not the truth or certainly not in my experience you've got a variety of different personalities different characters and i was sitting on the one side of the table and these guys are naturally you know looking to sell their business and their products and all the rest to me uh, so that i can advocate that we should give them money and you know just over the the period that i was at knife i wanted to be on the other side of the table i wanted to be building something and kind of have the passion that these guys had and that kind of you know naturally led to to the start of revix um and i think it was that initial seed of you know using bitcoin back in in late 2014 or early 2014 late 2013 actually that uh that drew me to it when you when you started revix did it all just come together in terms of well i've got the idea it's a simple thing to build or did it require you to going to a mate to help develop the product? Uh, did you have a couple of connections? Take us through the story of actually building a product like Revix. It was incredibly difficult. Uh, I don't think there's a simple business to build, uh, but choosing something in the crypto space, uh, oh, that, that definitely made things a little bit more difficult because what we do is we don't have a fund. So we don't set up this fund structure, which is this legal vehicle that allows you to then buy units of the fund. Because in my opinion, that's an old way of investing in uh, a variety or a diversified basket of uh, anything. Um, what we decided to do is to say, okay, you as the user, you have direct ownership of each of the underlying cryptocurrencies within your bundle. So if you come along and you decide to buy our top 10 bundle, you're buying each of the top 10 cryptocurrencies within that bundle. They're all going to be equally weighted and then we are going to essentially offer you an algorithm as well that rebalances your bundle once a month, such that let's say, uh, you know, one of the top 10 cryptocurrencies has fallen out of the top 10 and there's a new cryptocurrency that's come into it. Uh, we'll automatically do that trade for you and update your portfolio so that you're always relevant uh, to the market movements. And getting that right alone, I mean, that's a pretty simple algorithm, but actually executing trades so that you know, you're not losing money for clients based on, um, you know, trading conditions and all the rest turned out to be pretty difficult. And again, you know, being in South Africa as well, is it's a difficult market to be in because you don't exactly have uh, hundreds of investors or even thousands of investors that are interested in funding a company that's kind of working in this fringe area because crypto is still viewed in this, you know, very uh, fringe, dark and dingy kind of light which we're naturally trying to change, but it's going to take a couple of years. Um, and, you know, it, it was difficult to get started. Uh, we spent, I think it was about nine months kind of doing all of our homework. I continued working at Knife Capital for uh, four months while we were uh, kind of getting everything ready for Revix. Uh, only once I secured capital and we managed to secure capital from a company that I used to work for in Johannesburg called Subvest, which is a listed company on the JSE. Um, only once we secured capital did we or did I decide to make a big leap and you know, dive into this full time. How long ago was that, that you, when you first um, secured that capital from Sabvest? So that was in October 2018. So 
I can't even tell you how many months ago. I think we've been in lockdown for wow. I don't know how long. Yeah, that's that's thrown our timelines completely out. But I mean, October 2018 is still deep bear market. I mean, that was it was not only a month later that uh, the great crypto crash where the bottom just fell out and we hit three thousand eight hundred dollars of of uh, the Bitcoin price. Yeah, no, I remember working at Knife and I'm telling everyone and all the entrepreneurs that I'm meeting and other venture capitalists and whatnot that I'm starting a crypto business. And they're like, but didn't Bitcoin just like go to zero or, you know, didn't Ethereum just lose 90% of its value? And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to have financial products that allow you to invest in these things. And they're like, oh, this guy is absolutely bloody crazy. Well, I guess the, gr- the great thing about that is at least you had more people to prove wrong. Yes, Totally. And that definitely got to be under my bonnet. Um, and I mean, you know, it's the same as kind of what's going on now. When markets go down, generally speaking, they go back up afterwards. So yes. we were fortunate where when we actually launched this market, we launched into this fantastic bear market where the whole crypto space went up 150% in eight or nine weeks. Um, and that was kind of just when we launched, which gave us, you know, some really good momentum to get going. It validated a few ideas that we had. and yeah, so those small wins, I mean, I suppose 100 to 120% if you're talking in the stock market or in any traditional financial market, that would be absolutely insane return, something that you'd look at getting over 10 years. But I think that's what's really exciting about the space is that you've got the possibility of getting this really outsized return in a short period of time because we are so early on in its development and its growth. I mean, we still, if you have to look at, I think the timeline that's ahead of us, we're still in the first innings and there's probably 300 innings to go. So I don't know. I, I'm really excited about the long-term opportunity with crypto. I'm very excited about the long-term opportunities of merging the traditional financial world with uh, the tokenized, more efficient, more automated world. And you know that's kind of why we created Revix because there is a better way to invest. And for us, we're saying, well, you know, let's let's build that, let's offer that, because no one else seems to be doing. Sean, um, just taking a look at financial markets right now, you mentioned that, you know, as you as you say, right now markets are down across the board, and that means they are likely to go up. I mean, there's probably more downside to come, but the reality is they will return. A lot of them will return, um, and. Just from a from a financial analyst, a qualified financial analyst like yourself, uh, who I'm sure has an eye on traditional markets as well as the crypto asset markets, where should uh, the average person on the street be looking to put their money if they have money left? You know, so so maybe it's a and obviously this is not official financial advice, and we understand all those things, but just practical advice for guys that are listening to this and our audience who are saying you know what i got a bit of cash left over um i i pulled it out after the crash i don't know what i should do with it or they've still got their job and they've got extra they've, they've got a little bit of um cream on top of their revenue their income and they want to invest where should they be doing that what would you advise yeah so i have to kind of revert to my my good old boring financial analyst self uh, unfortunately, the answer is you need to be prudent in these times. Uh, you have to have a diversified portfolio. And it's very hard to give financial advice unless you've looked at what other investments the person's holding and kind of sure. what's their risk profile, uh, how long are they looking to invest. I think a lot of people in the crypto space, they come out and go, oh, buy Bitcoin, it's going to the moon, you know, put your life savings into this. And that's probably the silliest thing you can do. Yeah, uh, There is a probability uh, you know, of say one or 2% that Bitcoin does go to zero. There's a probability of one or 2% that NASPERS 
the biggest company in South Africa goes to zero. So you need to be cognizant of those risks. Uh, as we are witnessing today, black swan events do occur. These things which are you know, the once in a lifetime things happen once in a lifetime, it seems, or in, in this case with the global financial crisis, maybe twice in a lifetime. Um, so my recommendation would be to make sure you've got a diversified portfolio. I think you can be opportunistic. I think you've got some of the best buying opportunities of the last 50 years. Uh, trying to get a little bit of exposure to gold in these times because you probably are going to see inflation pick up in the near term. I think that would be really smart and prudent. I think making sure that you've got a small allocation, I mean, again, it comes back down to your risk profile, but an allocation to equities. Uh, so owning, let's say, the JSE top 40 or maybe the S&P 500, uh, because over the long term, stocks do really well, uh, certainly coming from a base of where we are, and they do really well against uh, inflation and all the rest. So I would make sure you've got that. Um, if you can get some property exposure, I think you're going to see some very big property discounts uh, with everyone fearing that the property market's completely done and dusted and the likes of uh, you know, growth point in South Africa are under massive stress and whatnot. So I think there's a big opportunity there as well, but there isn't a one size fits all. I think you need to have a diversified portfolio. You need to be willing to go, okay, you know, what over the next 10 years can grow in value? What can hold value? Uh, I think owning, owning some gold, owning some crypto, owning some property, owning some oil potentially, and having this diversified portfolio is the way to go. You, you mentioned earlier that uh, the financial world is fast becoming automated and global. I want to explore your, your, uh, your perspective here because a lot of people are starting to question the whole model of globalization because of how our globalized world has been brought to such a standstill, thereby impacting the worldwide economy. What do you foresee the future of globalization being? Is it as bad as everyone is saying because of this fallout of COVID? Or is it, I mean, my opinion is, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but my opinion is that uh, it's an inevitable evolution of society. You know, we're becoming a global society thanks to the internet and it's inevitable. Um, but a lot of economists and, and uh, sociologists are saying it just can't be the same after COVID-19. What are your thoughts? I think it's, it's kind of just like a normal price graph of any asset that you invest in, where globalization increases over time and then at some point maybe decreases a bit and then continues to increase and then decreases a bit. I mean, it's not a straight line up. Um, and I think this will just kind of be a small dip in the long-term growth. So I agree with you. I think over the long-term, globalization is certainly here to stay. The world's going to become more globalized, not less. I think uh, there is a really good argument to be made where you know, the US as an example, they built an entire oil industry so that they weren't reliant on the Middle East or Russia for oil. Uh, I think you'll see countries that'll have protectionist measures put in place and they'll look at their own industry and look to grow their own industry. But I mean, you can't really stop globalization. If somebody can provide, uh, let's just say, I don't know, a pair of glasses from China at a tenth of the price which you could buy them in South Africa, naturally, you know, you want to have your people buying, or you as a government body, you want your people to be able to buy things at the most affordable price because that allows them to then have additional disposable income. So I think you can't really stop it personally. I think it's going to continue over time. I think financial systems are going to become even more uh, intertwined and tangled. Um, you know, I think you've seen Binance, uh, the biggest crypto exchange in the world. They, they kind of fought back on this idea, and I, I think it's quite, quite clever. Uh, they fought back on this idea of having a head office. I mean, what does it mean to have a head office? I'm sure you can relate, James, that you know, 
for Revix, you know, we are a company that's based in the UK. We've got some operations in South Africa. Uh, in the past, we've had a company based in Switzerland as well. You know, where's our head office? Is it where I am? I mean, I can tell you that there's a legal definition uh, of where our head office is, but you know, is that really a head office? I'm kind of doing air commas now. Um, and I think that's where things are going to change because there's so much more digitization that you can't, you can't stop that. So I don't know. I think over the long term, this is definitely a, a trend going up. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. So interesting, interesting perspective. Talking about your business model, um, you sent me an email a couple of weeks ago now um, regarding a new a new appointment at Revix, uh, a, a new marketing director, I think it was. Her name was Penny, let's have a look here. It was Penny Watson. Uh, tell us about uh, some, of the, some of the new developments at Revix. Um, any new personnel along with Penny that we should know about? Yeah, so we've now got a team of three senior developers, uh, two intermediate level developers, and one front-end dev. So a pretty small team of core developers. We've then made use of uh, quite a few external uh, resources along the way. Uh, just with what we're doing, it's very specialized. So you know we've got to get a really strong core team, which is what we've done. And then we need to rely on external professionals and experts when it comes to our security or anything like that. So Still quite a small team on that front. Um, we've recently brought on board a new graphic designer. Uh, before, we were doing a lot of graphic design work externally, um, but it's really nice just to have somebody that comes in and kind of owns our brand CI. So Alex Maria recently joined us. Uh, he's based in Cape Town. Uh, then Penny Watson joined us as uh, a marketing director, and she's based in our UK office. Uh, she's absolutely phenomenal, and you know uh, she's only been with us now for about six weeks but I'm already scratching my head as to kind of what I was doing before she was here. Uh, so she's changed the game for us. We are, uh, I would say, three years ahead from where we were three months ago prior to her joining um, from a marketing standpoint. And, you know, we're at record customer numbers, which is a little crazy given where we are. It doesn't really feel real uh, because, you know, launching Pax Gold, just doing some, you know, bare basic marketing um, really well has helped us over the last few few weeks, you know, gone an additional 500 customers. Um, and in these times, obviously, that's that's quite a feat to do. And I mean, we we able to acquire customers at a at a relatively you know attractive cost. So so far, it's been going well. Uh, we've got still a lot to do. Uh, I did mention it to you before, but Revix's longer term goal isn't to be focused solely on crypto. Uh, I'm very passionate about the crypto market. Um, but what I'm, what I'm more passionate about is how the crypto market is going to meet the real-world financial market and being able to kind of drive that forward. So Revix's longer-term goal, uh, and this is something that we're hoping to be able to offer uh, in Q3 or Q4 this year. Uh, there's no defined timeline yet, unfortunately. I think COVID has thrown in a bit of a curveball on this. But what we're looking at doing is offering a variety of themed-based investment products. So if you're thinking about okay, I, what can I invest in you know, that's actually going to do well in, in these interesting times? I mean, I think a lot of people would agree that esports is probably going to come out as a big winner here. Um, and we're yeah. looking at offering an esports bundle where you would get exposure to the likes of Activision or Ubisoft uh, or Tencent or you know, one of the big players in the gaming space. Uh, we're looking at offering a biotech bundle. So you would own a lot of the big players looking to find a, a vaccine or a cure uh, for for the coronavirus, um, so those 
two of the bundles. So the idea is to launch a variety of theme-based investment products. So people can kind of put their money where their beliefs are. Um, and we find that a lot of people are interested in investing in, you know, companies that do right by the environment and that care about uh, gender equality. And we have a bundle for that. Uh, we've got a, another bundle that we're looking to launch that's in the AI space. Uh, another bundle that's going to be in the cannabis space and another bundle that's going to be in the cosmetic space. Um, and, you know, that's six bundles that I've mentioned out of the 20 that we're looking at launching. You can actually head over to our site now um, at www.revix.com. And if you click on the emerging sectors uh, tab, you'll see some of the new bundles that we're looking at launching. Um, and obviously, we'd love to get any feedback on that. So if you head over there and you come up with a great idea, I mean, for us to put together a new bundle is pretty simple. Um, but that's what I'm really excited about, is being able to allow people to invest in what they believe in and you know, do it from South Africa or do it from Vietnam or do it from wherever you are in the world without restrictions based on your geography. Now, there are a, a ton of regulatory hoops to kind of jump through to make this happen, um, hence why I'm saying Q3 or Q4 this year. But you know, we, we've kind of put everything we can behind this. Um, you know, all my time is dedicated to making this happen. So... I'm pretty confident that we'll get there. And uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting road ahead. Yeah, very interesting. It uh, is very impressive, the the various bundles that you have. And obviously, uh, hats off to you because I can only imagine the regulation around uh, purchasing those various stocks and equities in those companies. I mean, Tencent, for instance, listed in China, not uh, not only in the US. Uh, I, I actually don't know if they've done a, a US IPO, but um, a lot of those companies are, are distributed around the world. They're not... Um, they're not only on the NASDAQ or the, or the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and the regulation is going to be a headache. So good luck with that. Um, is, it, is it fair to say that you guys are, I mean, uh, granted, I know your market is not, not the South African market. You're looking at uh, a global market, global clients, uh, especially the UK at the moment and Europe. But would it be fair to say that you are positioning yourselves as a competitor to South Africa's leader in this market, Easy Equities? Um, yes and no. I think Easy Equities gives you exposure to stocks. And they kind of provide a marketplace for you to go and kind of walk down the aisle and go, okay, I want that and I want that and I want that. Uh, we've got a, a far more simplified offering. We, we're not saying you, know, you can buy individual stocks on our platform. Uh, we, even with cryptocurrencies, are only offering Bitcoin as an individual product that you can buy and PaxG as a crypto asset that you can buy. We don't really plan on offering other single investment products because for us, uh, diversification is the name of the game. It's the same as when you asked me uh, what's my recommendation uh, when it comes to investing right now and diversification is probably the most important thing you can do when investing and i've been burnt personally more times than i like to imagine uh, or i can imagine uh, or actually i can imagine suppose that i've been burnt this many times when investing in single stocks and i've been burnt investing in single cryptocurrencies and i can tell you that if you chat to anyone else that's been investing before uh, they've been really badly burned with individual investments and that doesn't mean that they Know, don't have a position or a place in your portfolio but diversification for the average investor makes more sense and that's kind of what we're aiming to do longer term so i suppose you have a similar clientele in south africa um, but internationally you know easy equities i would be lying if i told you what their minimum investment amount is but we are looking to get to a point where you could have people that invest 50 rand and the transaction fee is maybe like 10 or 15 cents because that's really i think where there's this big option and this big opening for 
you know, crypto to all of a sudden actually help a whole bunch of people not only um, you know, be able to move wealth around, but actually be able to invest their wealth and you know, earn returns like the wealthy do. And how are you going to achieve that? The barrier to entry in such regulated financial markets in the traditional equity markets is pretty high. You know, to have such a low transaction fee is going to be a serious feat. How do you aim on achieving that? So Easy Equities has done this pretty well. I'll actually give them props for this because they managed to fractionalize share ownership. So they could take a NASPERS share, which is trading for about 2,000 Rand um, as we speak today, and they can break that up into 2,000 different units. So you can invest in a unit for one Rand, um, and you, I think their minimum investment is, again, like I'd be lying if I told you, but let's say it's 200 Rand or 300 Rand, which means that you can spend 300 Rand and invest in those NASPERS shares. What we'd be looking at doing is partnering with a variety of different brokers that are doing exactly the same thing. And now at the end of their trading day or during their trading day, they've got a whole bunch of investors that have bought fractions of shares. And there's this small fraction that remains. And you know, what are they going to do with it? Either they've got to assume the risk and they've got to say, right, this fraction of the shares on my book, or alternatively, they can look at then selling that share off with no transaction fee whatsoever and offer that to a, a customer that's looking to maybe invest you know, 10 or 20 rand. And I think that's how we're planning on doing it. Naturally, making it all work is very complicated and it requires quite a broad network of brokers and essentially a system just by itself to be able to kind of broker that second market. Um, so that's kind of what we're planning to do. It's still in the early stages. There's many things we have to do before we get to that. But that's kind of the longer term vision of what we're looking to achieve. All right. Well, pretty exciting times for you guys. It sounds like uh, there's a lot on the go for you. Um, any final news in terms of uh, latest investment talk, uh, new products, things like that before we say goodbye? Uh, so there is potentially a new investor that we, we've got. Uh, hopefully we can announce that and we will announce it on SA Crypto uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, again, we've just got to finalize a few things around that. Uh, if not a few weeks, then hopefully <laughs> just less than two months. Um, but yeah, no, we're really excited about that opportunity. We're really excited about focusing a lot more on the, the African market and focusing a lot more on the European market. Uh, we are a platform of scale where the more customers we get, the more customers we can then help and drive down costs. So yeah, really, I mean, Revix exists because we want to simplify the investing process. Uh, I am a professional trader. I can say that with confidence. And I love trading. It's been a hobby of mine since I was 16 years old. And I arrive on Binance or I arrive on Kraken, uh, one of the main crypto exchanges, and they are intimidating. They, I mean, you've got futures markets now, you've got option markets, you've got five times leverage, you've got 100 times leverage, you've got spreads that you know, don't really make sense. Uh, it's all just really, really hectic and intimidating and you know, it's going to scare away a lot of newbies to the space. And if you want people to be able to get involved, not just in crypto, but investing in general, you need to really simplify things further. Um, and if you look at platforms in the US like Robinhood, uh, they've done a really good job of simplifying the investment process. And we want to go one step further than that and simplify it further and offer the immediate benefit of diversifying your portfolio without, without having to think about it. So yeah, that's kind of you know what we do. We at the moment have a barrier where we allow people to invest with a minimum of 500 grand. 
but hopefully, you know, in the next few months, we can pull that all the way down to, to 10 or 20 rand. Wow. Well, Sean, thanks so much for joining us on SA Crypto today. Uh, those that are listening that want to find out more, it's very simple. Revix.com is where you go. R-E-V-I-X.com. Uh, they offer investment in Bitcoin. They offer investment in their latest uh, offering, which is Pax Gold, which is a digital token backed one-to-one by a fine troy ounce of uh, London Good Delivery Gold bars. They offer the top 10 bundle of cryptos. They offer a payment bundle of cryptos, so all the payment-focused cryptocurrencies and platform bundle as well, which is the top five platform-focused cryptocurrencies like Ethereum, NEO, etc. Uh, check them out, revix.com. Sean Sanders, thank you so much for joining us, man. James, no, thank you very much for having me. It's been awesome to chat to you. It has indeed. We appreciate your insight, especially into the incredibly complex financial markets and uh, looking forward to having you on again soon. Fantastic. Thank you. Good luck with the rest of lockdown. Yeah. And you. Cheers, Sean. Cheers, cheers. Bye-bye. SA Crypto, South Africa's largest blockchain community and news outlet.